Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us in our broadcast today. We're going to start a new radio mini-series entitled Young Men Breaking Free. I've just written a new booklet for young men struggling with the pornography problem or simply young men who just want to stay away from the pornography plague. And what I'd like to do in today's broadcast and some subsequent broadcast is to highlight some of the key issues that I address in Young Men Breaking Free. And right off the top, in case you want a copy of that booklet, just go to familylifecenter.net and go to our store and you can get a copy for yourself. And I encourage you perhaps to get an extra copy for your priest as well. Let's start with the scope of the problem of young men and pornography habits or even pornography addictions. There's a little bit of a debate going on exactly who views the most pornography. It's agreed upon it's young men. There's a little bit of a question, is it 14 to 17-year-olds or is it college students? In either case, both age groups have epidemic levels of pornography involvement. This is just one specific instance from a very wise library in Tacoma, Washington. The public library monitors attempts to access materials blocked by their filtering software. And they found out that the median age for blocked requests for pornography was only 16 years old. And the age that generated the greatest number of intercepts by the filtering software was 13. Are you awake? <laughs> this, is, this is very tough stuff. This comes from the Journal of Adolescent Research. They have found in their surveys, 87% of young men reported using pornography. Now, it's very commonly understood that responses to surveys on pornography are frequently underreported due to the reluctance of someone willing or, excuse me, unwilling to admit using it. 87% of young men report using pornography, and they found that only 14% of college men reported using no pornography over the last year. So we're talking about not just a majority, but a very high majority. That Journal of Adolescent Research also found, and this shouldn't be a big surprise, but as men's acceptance and use of pornography increases, so does their acceptance of premarital and casual sexual behavior. So this is going to seriously affect any type of chastity education, spiritual formation, and Christian morality. Further, they reported that acceptance of pornography was found to be significantly correlated with desires for latter marriage. Um, The Catholic Church is awake to the fact that there are plunging marriage rates and delayed ages of marriage within the Catholic Church, but maybe we're not quite aware that there could be a secret, silent cause of this 
and that's acceptance of pornography. And again, that's from the Journal of Adolescent Research, volume 23, number one, January 2008. You know, with pornography and the pornography plague and some of the statistics that I just shared with you, you need to realize that really everything with young men is changing due to pornography. Think of sex education, chastity talks, chastity books, chastity pledges, and such like that. If a young man is hooked on pornography, your well-intended efforts are like talking to a wall because the mind has been darkened and the heart dominated by sinful activities. And think of all the work, all the money, all the sacrifice by parents and teachers and administrators in Catholic schools and Catholic catechesis. I'm just going to be blunt. So much of this effort could be fruitless, fruitless due to pornography. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But what happens if the mind and the heart are flooded with a constant stream of pornography? There's an eclipse of God. Think of confirmation preparation. Confirmation preparation to be a soldier of Christ. If you're hooked on pornography, you're not a soldier of Christ. You're a prisoner of war, of life-dominating sin. So things are changing to a significant degree. And I would basically take this in three steps of awareness within Catholic circles. I would dare say the awareness that there's a problem, uh, phase one, we're, we're there, uh, very widespread especially priests and confessors, know there's a big problem. Uh, but beyond a problem, you might say that the second stage of awareness is realizing it's not just a problem, it's a crisis. And there are some uh, awakening to the fact that it's a crisis. I dare say we've actually moved beyond that and are approaching a catastrophe I looked up catastrophe in the dictionary, and it defined it as a momentous event causing utter overthrow or ruin. And I'm talking about a whole generation of men being overthrown by pornography. Yes, it's a problem. Yes, even more, it's a crisis. And I would dare say, I would warn that we're approaching a catastrophe unless the church really wakes up and starts approaching this problem in the way it should be. I've been engaged in helping Catholic men over the past 12 years combat pornography. I don't think there are too many Catholics that have been involved in this battle as long as I have. And after a lot of thought, I've came up with a way to visualize what is really happening with the porn plague. And I think it's sometimes helpful 
to have a visual representation of something spiritual. And you know, the best book of the Bible for visual representation of truth is the book of Revelation. And the reason it throws people so much is because of its stark visual images, but what God was trying to do and is trying to do through the book of Revelation is wake us up to see what is going on. And there's a particular visual image that, to me, after being in this fight for 12 years, just perfectly portrays a visual image of what's going on with the pornography plague. And it comes from Revelation chapter 12. It's a chapter of the Bible that I call the Fatima chapter of the Bible. Did you know that St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI, this was the chapter they loved to turn to as they went to Fatima on pilgrimages. So obviously this chapter they saw has a relevance for the church in the modern world. Now here's the image. Remember, this isn't uh, a didactic or narrative section. This is a stark visual image from Revelation 12, starting with verse 15. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river which the dragon had poured forth from his mouth. <laughs> what is going on here? Well, first of all, there's the bad guy. The bad guy uh, in verse 15 is called the serpent. In the next verse, he's called the dragon. So it's pretty clear we're talking about Satan here. And we're talking about Satan's attack on the church. Revelation 12, I believe, has multiple references to the image for the woman is Mary, and Mary specifically as icon of the church. So Revelation 12 can have these dual references referring to both Mary and the church, but here the serpent is pouring out a flood of water from its mouth to try to attack the church. Now think with me for a moment visually. A serpent, some kind of, um, what shall I say, it's like water, a river of water coming from its mouth. But what comes out of a serpent's mouth when it wants to kill or destroy something or someone? We call that venom. In other words, Satan's poison that he has stored up in the pits of hell is all of a sudden here being flooded out of his mouth like a river of water. And this is poisonous venom coming from the serpent directed straight at the people of God. I can't think of a better image of what is going on right now in the modern world. You see, this isn't just a internet problem. This is a pit of hell problem. And I'm just going to press the imagery here a little bit and try to make it relevant for our day. Okay, we're still trying to visualize the serpent, a flood of venom coming out of his fangs, and serpents have 
at least a, a set of fangs, dual fangs. Fang one, I'll call the porn fang. What's the porn fang as it relates to young men wanting to stay free or break free from pornography? Well, it's this. A young guy is interested in his favorite team's scores. So he goes to his favorite sports website, and while he's there, he notices off to the side, hey, click here if you want to see your team's cheerleaders. And he clicks there and finds himself on a web page with maybe cheerleaders without any clothes on. And then it says, click here. And he does that. Little does he know that the fangs of the serpent, the devil's fangs, are really being embedded in his being as he makes these innocent clicks. Because as he does those clicks, there are powerful neurochemicals in the brain that are released. That once it happens a few times, there is the unexpected compulsive porn habit that develops. And you can't shake loose this fang. It's, it's embedded deep within you. Here is a testimony from Dr. Judith Reisman, who's been combating pornography longer than I can remember, and here's what she has to say. She's an expert in the field. Quote, for decades, I have lectured on visual pornography as a drug that permanently restructures the brain, mind, memory, and conduct of unthinking users. Pornography overrides cognition and causes dramatic changes in the viewer's behavior. This can be simple coarsening, impairing the capacity to love, or it can lead to brutal sex crimes. Here's a second testimony of the venom that's coming out in pornography. And this comes from Dr. Mary Ann Layden, who is co-director of the Sexual Trauma Program at the University of Pennsylvania's Center for Cognitive Therapy. And here is her testimony before a Senate Commerce Committee. She said, quote, pornography addicts have a more difficult time recovering from their addiction than cocaine addicts since Coke users can get the drug out of their system. But pornographic images stay in the brain forever, venom in the core of the person forever. She goes on, research indicates, and my clinical experience supports, that those who use pornography are more likely to go to prostitutes, engage in domestic violence, date rape, incest, and on and on. Sexual addicts develop tolerance and will need more and harder kinds of pornographic material. They have escalating compulsive sexual behavior. Do you see this? Escalating compulsive sexual behavior. It's not just that there's a flood of pornography coming out, but once the serpent can get its fangs into your mind and brain and heart, it's very difficult to shake because of the compulsive nature of this. Now, 
just so you can kind of understand what's going on in the modern world as well as understand pornography, I have to mention what I think is the fang number two in the modern world, and that's homosexual acts. This is very, the two are very similar to each other. And here's what's going on. The media, in all its forms, are promoting and pushing active homosexuality. I mean, my goodness, this year we couldn't watch the NFL draft without having homosexuality pushed in our faces. It's in movies, it's in music, on Facebook. Celebrities, politicians of both political parties are warming up to the idea. And yet you find such stark warnings in the Bible about homosexual acts, the strongest, of course, being Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's a big reason why. Homosexual acts, sins, once engaged in, creates the escalating compulsive behavior for more of the same, just like pornography does. And the compulsive feelings, the thoughts, are so strong that many sincere homosexuals think that the compulsiveness stems from their DNA. Now, it's not their DNA, but it can seem like your DNA because this venom is so strong, it can cause these compulsive addictions. And fang one, pornography, is just like fang two, homosexual acts. It's much better to stay away from this because you're internalizing a poison that is going to hook you. It's going to change you. You're not going to get the fangs out of you. And what's happening with all the media attention being given to homosexuality there's going to be homosexual experimentation amongst youth, just like there's experimentation by clicking on a few porn sites, and there's this unexpected compulsive sexual sin that seems impossible to stop afterwards. Now, that's the situation. You think, whoa, <laughs> I've heard enough. No more, please. Well, remember the verse 16? It says, the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed that river which the dragon had poured forth from his mouth. Now, I went through a lot of commentaries. I couldn't exactly find what that is, but I'll give you it in three words. There's help, there's hope, and there's healing with God's power to overcome the serpent's venom. Starting with the Garden of Eden, the serpent's temptation was really to put venom, death, in mankind. And the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel overcomes death and its consequences and liberates men, women, young men, and boys and girls from the power of sin. So there is help, there is hope, there is healing, Right now, Satan is giving us his full court press against the church. It's a river of venom coming straight at us, and we need to be aware of how to overcome them. Now, let's switch to how do we overcome this, and I'm going to just start today with what I think is the most ignored portion of my booklet. Uh, I've written a booklet for 
married men, simply entitled Breaking Free, and over 100,000 of those have gone around the world. And yet, I, I, I worry, I really do worry that what I consider one of the most valuable parts of that booklet, as well as this new one, Young Men Breaking Free, will be ignored. And you can't ignore something God gives you in the way of spiritual offense or defense. Uh, St. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, our warfare, our spiritual warfare isn't against flesh and blood. It's against spiritual forces of porneia, of porneia, the word Greek word we get the word pornography from, the, the immorality and the wickedness coming from the spiritual forces. And he says, then take the whole armor of God, including your offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I'm afraid that too many are reading my booklet and ignoring the key element they have in their offensive warfare against the serpent's attack upon the church. You just can't skip this one. And I devote more space in both my Breaking Free booklet and my Young Men Breaking Free booklet to Scripture and the power of the Word of God than to any other topic. Now, I didn't do that by chance or flipping a coin. It was on purpose. And I'm afraid it's being overlooked. Oh, that's a nice little appendix there with some scriptures. Oh, it's a nice step five. Get into scripture a little bit. It'll be a nice um, this and that. Don't blow this one off. You, if you do what God says to do, you'll have help, hope, and healing. But you don't go into a war and leave your, your offensive weapon at home. Don't do that. So, here is the question. This is the million-dollar question for the 21st century as the serpent is pouring forth a flood of venom against the church. This is hitting Catholic men and young men and Protestant men and young men by the tens of millions. So what do we do? The million-dollar question of the century is how, how, can a young man keep his way pure in the midst of all this filth, in the midst of venom that has the power of hell behind it? How can a young man keep his way pure? Now, let's just imagine for a minute. Just imagine that God himself would give you an answer. I mean, the heavens would open and you'd hear a clear voice telling you exactly what to do. Wow. You would say, that would sell a lot of books. Well, the book has already been written and it's in your home. Unfortunately, it might be on the shelf. Open your Bible to Psalm 119. And if you do, you will find the million-dollar question of the 21st century. You will find the question that every parent, every priest, every deacon, every catechist, every scout leader, every youth leader should be asking themselves 24-7, how can we help young men lead pure lives in the modern world? And you know, the Bible, the Word of God, 
divinely inspired, says in Psalm 119 and verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? The question is asked and answered in divinely inspired scripture. How can a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed according to your word. The next verse, verse 10, with my whole heart I have sought you. Do not let me stray from your commands. Verse 11, in my heart I have hidden your word so that I may not sin against you. Now, this is what God says, and it's not expensive other than some effort, but this is the divine answer to the question of the century. How do we help these young men in the church that are being taken out left and right by Satan's venom? This is how. And one of the key things you're going to find here, and we're just getting warmed up today, but verse 10, when it says, with my whole heart I have sought you, the scriptures have to transform the individual. And it's not just being a parrot, putting certain facts in the brain or just reading something and just on a superficial level. The need of the hour is to have transformed individuals from the inside out. You need power on the inside. Yes, as a parent, you put on the strongest filtering software you can possibly find, but there's a high probability your teenager can beat it in 60 seconds. But there's one thing Satan can't beat, and that's when the scriptures have been laid up within the heart. Now, how do you get your children to do that? Very simply, you do that, mom and dad. You start with treasuring up God's word within your heart. And Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, has 22 stanzas of eight verses each. 22 stanzas for the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And it's an acrostic right through the Hebrew alphabet. It's like saying from A to Z, this is the perfections of God's word. And start, mom and dad, by treasuring up Psalm 119. It is given, it is designed to start transforming you, transforming your heart to be a receptive vessel for God's word. And once your children start seeing your modeling of that, they start to treasure God's word in their heart and they become soldiers for Christ in the modern world. Till next time, this is Steve Wood with Faith and Family. Visit us at familylifecenter.net. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.familylifecenter.net.